and welcome to Commagers. I'm Brian Costello. I'm Jim DeSanto. And I'm eating ice cream. <laughs> oh, well, there you go. That's not a name. That's an actual thing that's, that's going on. That's Katie DeSanto. Mm-hmm. Yes. We only take up about the an non- hour, one hour out of a seven-day yeah, week. It's a jam-packed week. I ice mean, cream does not get put off. Every inch of the she, week. Yeah, she is a non-com major, so she has no there. respect for this podcast. <laughs> There is no waiting for ice cream. I'm sorry. God damn I was putting majors. the kids to sleep upstairs. And I couldn't wait for the minute that I could come downstairs and get myself some ice cream. This is episode 47. That's Katie's astonishing. Been, Katie's been on more than half have of the really? episodes. I feel like we should I would, celebrate that. I, um, and you still don't Every know week. that you have to talk into the microphone. <laughs> Every week's a celebration. You, eat, you constantly Here's... eat things. <laughs> In my defense, my husband usually sets up the mic for me, and so I don't know to set it up myself. Like, well, <laughs> it it's not saying put, put your face, your mouth. We're not asking no, you to actually. Does that. He, he yeah. usually pulls the mic over yeah, for me, true. and so, so I don't usually She's have to do a that because I am brat. a princess in this relationship. In, in a film this week that is solely focused on recording and the use mm-hmm. of microphones katie yeah. did not realize the microphone needed to be in front of her no, thereby I learning mean, nothing all from the technology this technology in the space works like magic to me yeah. i mean it yeah. may, we may as well be at hogwarts it's not magic well it's all my hard work i, <laughs> I never have to do anything to make it work well, so it there we feels go. like magic to me well, perfect. Great. All right. So uh, today we're looking at the 1974 Oscar nominated film uh, starring Gene Hackman and directed by Francis Ford Coppola, mm-hmm. The Conversation. But first, we ask the most pressing question of every episode. What are we drinking or eating this episode? Katie and I are both Twinsies. drinking a Belvedere, Twinsies. which is our, our favorite, co- our, our house a cocktail, cocktail which choice. is whiskey, lemon and honey and bitters mm. i like my cocktails um, did you try this one because we made it with the battle cry and made by a handsome it man. is with the battle cry it is fan freaking fantastic that is a delicious that is a tasty beverage yeah the battle cry i hate again. to make a cocktail out of the battle cry but i wanted to try it just because it, it tastes so interesting mm. and i think it works incredibly well in this drink a battle cry belvedere we need to i'm gonna have to go to rhode island just to go, get this alcohol Battle deer. Do you support my trip to Rhode Island? You know that I do support your trips to Boston. Is Rhode Island farther than that? Oh, Jesus Oh, Christ. my God. All right, let's move on. Uh, I Phone a friend, Lori Carino. Uh, uh, oh, I'm not sure that's who you're going to phone. I feel like when we talked to Molly Bittner about how long it took to get to Rhode Island, it was shorter than I expected because I didn't understand the geography. <laughs> that's exactly why. Did you? Perhaps you thought it was really where Maine is, which I is did, where my beer I of this do. week Ooh, is. I'll be honest, so I me. use them. So me, um, brewing company. Oops. I was in Maine. We have the Maine Lobster on so set cute. with me uh-huh. uh, for this episode. And another wonderful trip to Maine in the Somi uh, Brewing Company, which is a fantastic spot. Elin and I were playing some Scrabble. Mm-hmm. Uh, and well, I'll, yeah, bring yeah. That up, mm-hmm. I'll bring that up later in the episode. But I'm drinking the Mainly IPA. I just feel like um, the design on beer cans has really gone in a beautiful direction. I will tell you, it, it has... But me and Brian went to a beer store that was literally too much. There was too, too much. There stuff. was so much beer there um, from all over the country and and abroad. Mm-hmm. I would say the originalness of that artwork is really starting to go out the window. Mm. Like it's very seamy. Everything's across. starting to look the same. Yeah, that's a shame. When you put them all in one locale like that, or when I was at Total Wine a couple yeah. of weeks ago, it was the same problem. You you don't have the ability to even figure out what you want. And here's a tip get... for brewers going outside of their local area. Uh, make sure you write on the can what the fuck's in it. Oh, that's important. And yes. what it ta- maybe what it is, like what you're going for, what it might taste like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's <laughs> a lot of assumptions yeah. that people just go there. I prefer just to go to the actual breweries if possible, yeah, that's, which I that's was able to do. Cool. And I went to a couple uh, that we'll be uh, highlighting in upcoming And episodes. that can looks beautiful and looks like it has a lot of information on it. Yes. Oh, oh it, it does. does. Look at all that writing. It's, it's and I love the colors. Story. A lot of writing. Yeah. I like beautiful, bold, fantastic IPA spot. tells you exactly where it's from right there. Big. 
Well, so me. It's it's in so uh, for Southern, Southern Maine. Maine. No, I know. I'm saying. I was just yes, making sure you understood that. So if you're I did if you are in you. Uh, York or close, actually, if Jim, if you come up, we could go to Rhode Island, and then we could go to this because York is only about an hour and twenty minutes from here. Oh, okay. And they have like five breweries in York, Sounds like which are New amazing. England weekend needs to be. Um, all right. Last week, we could not have enjoyed our movie more. The amazing oh. Patrick Swayze, Jennifer Grey film, Dirty Dancing. And yeah. people are still talking about it. Uh, it received a hundred percent in our commagers poll this week uh do you love dirty dancing not one person uh, voted against dirty dancing. Just a small story yes. so my book club happened this week i didn't even tell uh -huh. you this and the book we read was like super controversial because it was like 50 shades of gray but with actual domestic violence like it was it was intense it was an intense book the most intense conversation had a book club was about dirty dancing one of our members threatened to leave the restaurant because the waitress said that she loves dirty dancing and couldn't understand why anyone could not love dirty dancing. And our neighbor, who I will not name on air, threatened to leave. Wow. Whoa. She hated it that much. She hated hates dirty it. dancing. I'd love to hear well, she's why. Because she's the sister in that movie. Like, it's weird oh, that she lives on our okay. block, but she's. That's pretty her. funny. Yeah. <laughs> She Maybe is Jennifer Gray. No, she's did the you, sister. Oh, wait, singing the sister. That wait, 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 I'm sorry. <laughs> did you have? You should have had everybody immediately um, like, subscribe, and share our have, Brian, dirty am, dancing I am episode. Failing and marketing our podcast. I am sorry. Um, speaking of the amazing Patrick Swayze, before we move on to our film for this week, the Paramount Network on August 18th is debuting a documentary entitled I Am Patrick Swayze <gasps> about the life of Patrick Swayze. Oh, and so to me, to me, more is in Rob Lowe, yeah. all the people who Jennifer Gray, all the people he starred in films with his his wife. And it looks amazing. You can find the trailer. Uh, I believe I shared the trailer on our social media, but I'll do it again this week. Uh, a must watch for all Swayze fans. And let's be honest, how can you not be a Patrick Swayze? I don't know how. You know, it's it's kind of sad, but there's also that uh, it's this is like the other um, there's another one of these movies coming out uh, for that Anton Yelchin as well, which is just yes. super sad. People um, loved him as yeah, well. He, yeah, that got crushed yeah, by the car. Yeah, 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 and 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 there's a lot of people in the interviews there that apparently it's a it's an incredible movie. That's awesome. Yeah, so keep that in mind. August eighteenth on the Paramount Network. All right, Katie. Yes, it's time for the rundown. What is the conversation? Gene Hackman listens to folks for a living, but at age forty-two, it starts giving him serious misgivings. A quick 15K for one conversation? In 1974, that could spell a permanent Mexican vacation. However, Hackman's Harry can't let himself love, trust, or even relax. His all-encompassing paranoia can't be solved, not even by an encounter late night with his sax. <laughs> That's a, that's the best one yet. That, yes, oh, that, that, is. Good. that was really good. That was fantastic. Uh, it might be safe to say the conversation, which was um, written and directed by Francis Ford Coppola of Godfather fame, mm -hmm. may be our least known film mm -hmm. for a lot of people that we've done on the show. I've never heard of it. Uh, uh, it is a film that was nominated for a best picture oscar mm -hmm. um but <laughs> really i think in the world of if you ask somebody francis ford coppola movie or gene hackman movie people aren't talking about it Not other than no uh, other than on things like the unspooled facebook yeah. spot um mm -hmm. which is the area where i had seen a discussion about this film uh and noticed that it was on amazon and put it into our amazon uh star box mm -hmm. to pick out and, and we got it mm -hmm. and this is a film that is beloved by a lot of big time cinema people mm. and it is definitely different than last week's film 
Oh, yeah. Pretty oh, significant yeah. way. Yep. Uh, what are your thoughts? I am a very big fan of 1970s cinema, hmm. but it has a very distinct style to it that can alienate a lot of people. So what were your thoughts upon starting to watch this film? My uh, my thought was like, th- I think this is the first movie that we've watched that was really all about character, right? Like, this is just a study of a man. Like, the, I mean, to me, the plot is really secondary to well, the, the character. Yeah, and and you weren't around for episode one, but it's it's it has that Big Lebowski feel, and the Big Lebowski is like yeah. a throwback sure. to seventy cinema, yeah. I think, yeah, yeah, for yeah. the most part. But that's like I am the, familiar with the the big right the Lebowski. plot. Could you even describe it? Right? No, no. Right? I mean, it's and, ridiculous. But, right, but yeah. it's really a character it's just study so that you of can like watch each this man. Right. Right. <laughs> Right. What would this man do? Right. Yeah. No, that makes sense. Yeah, I totally get it. Yeah. So I watched it in a weird way because I had a wine tasting last night. Jim was halfway through the movie. So I watched the second half <laughs> first. <laughs> and then I considered just trying to wing it today. And I, But I like I re- I liked what I saw. And so I went back today and watched the first half. So I feel like I get it. Uh, there might be a few little holes, but I really like. I didn't do anything else except pet the dog and watch the first half of the movie okay. today. So okay. I feel like I'm so, more knowledgeable than usual. Pretty encouraging for you. Yeah. to must yeah, have I really was, liked it really to it. pay that much attention yeah. to it. I think Katie was more positive than me. I, there was a lot of things that I really like about this movie. I think the way that they they do the character study is really cool. My problem with it is only one kind of thing, and it it just so happens that if I have a problem with this one thing, it sort of tarnishes almost the whole movie, which is that this whole movie is based upon the premise that this character is a just and kind of moral, guilty Catholic who has somehow found his way into the quote-unquote espionage world for... God knows how long he's 43. So it's and in, and he's like one of the most respected in the field. Like I don't I the premise that that character exists doesn't mm. make sense to me. I have two like, questions about that. Uh, let me finish first. Okay. So like do you understand what I'm saying Brian? Like yeah, and part of me wonders uh, from a historical context maybe to put it into some well, perspective like what he was doing. Yeah was not illegal at this time. And it's one of the things that made this movie for the time seem very like ripped from the headlines, law and order type situation. This film is coming out only six months before Nixon resigns, resigns. but it happens prior to them knowing about it. Yes. And actually Coppola started writing this in 66, but couldn't get it made, but bugging or surveillance, I don't think was maybe seen as in as negative a connotation as we might have it today, which explains part of it. And I do wonder yeah. that there's some things alluded to here. Like they say, well, you were working for the attorney general when he was on the East Coast. Was that something that he wasn't seeing as all that wrong right. until that murder and yeah. death happened and that's kind of turned him into this I person. guess so but so. I think if you're on the if you're on the doing dirt side of of law enforcement and especially in the 60s and 70s there's no way you get through that and be shocked by something like that I, I, that's just my but so I've, I again I have questions yeah for, go ahead so, so in that role how much would you know here, in terms of like what the information was being used for? Well, here's for? well, no, and, and that's not even besides that, besides what the information is being used for, no one's hiring people to bug our house because we don't have there's nothing to fucking gain from that. Everything that they're b- being hired to bug is for leverage over people. It is not, there, there's no like, we just wanted to hear these two people talking. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But but so in, in inherently there's no moral high ground there. Like everybody uh, yeah, knows. Like, I don't know because I feel like no, you culturally could totally believe culturally, you're whoa, like time out. culturally it could be like yeah it's it's not illegal 
but it's fucking wrong and everyone knew it. Okay, so what I was going to say was you could absolutely go into that believing that you are a part of the force of good, though, right? Because it depends on what the what the tool is being used for. So if somebody said, I need to know what's happening inside of this drug cartel, well, then you're going to be like, yeah, that's what we should be doing. But uh, so I think... Number one, I think it's easy in that sort of a position to not ask a lot of questions, especially when the money is good. And I think that people get into jobs like that sometimes because of the lore of the cash. And it's easy to pretend Mm -hmm. like you're not doing something bad, right? Because the money is very influential. So we don't know whether he's had a change of life whether he's having a midlife crisis and starting to care a lot well, more or whether he's always felt this way we don't know but, well also, no we we know he's always felt this way because it, it carries through his religion his 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 faith and, and yeah no, but you but have to all, i think you have to remember know. what faith was back then in comparison to today no it was almost every right? yeah. I, well but also everybody was going to church yeah, i mean you the, think about the like the godfather church, and all, right? yeah yeah but and they're I, not going to confession i know but but you know what i mean they they were and they were right. doing these things and that's my like, whole you see, point do you, do you I, see like you just proved my point is that you can the godfather can go and kill have whole whole other groups of people killed and not be shocked by it and still like so because he's grown he's lived in that world right like that's sort of what i'm getting at is that like this guy if this if this guy was 22 and this was like his second job this movie makes so much more sense he's 40 fucking three well there's also denial i do you know i think you work under the premise like that you know you're doing your job and Katie's saying that's what you're good at. And I think what I liked in the sequence that might answer this somewhat is when he's depressed, 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 and they're having that party in his office. And then his partner who was Fredo from the Godfather um, starts talking about how great he is. And that other guy who's like kind of, but then they start talking about him and he starts talking about his equipment and he's he, that's when he comes to life. Right. Yeah. So it's almost like this is all he's good at. So even though I mean, there is definitely a sense of denial and, and it wouldn't make sense that somebody like this would be surprised that these types of things would happen. But maybe you block those things out like well, reality. I, out. But I none think... of the other people around him are. That yeah, are in the same he, business. But they yeah, all but, seem but, a lot sleazier than he does. Yeah, but or along this lines. Well, at least that I, one guy well, does. I think yeah, the one guy, Moran. Yeah. Um, because they're not as successful as but him. So, but but now, to me, I that reaction to that he knows that these folks got killed, right? Like, that makes it seem to the viewer that that hasn't happened before. Okay, that's like, fine. To me, like, for him to be having this strong of a reaction... It feels like maybe the line of surveillance that he was in previously wasn't like this. Yeah. I, like something has shifted. So let let let's 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 give a little synopsis of what happens so that we can talk about okay this well, a little I, more in depth. Yeah, for, for I, anyone I, who I, hasn't I, seen it. So the film starts out with a beautiful tracking shot down um from above you say beautiful i think the fact that he rolled credits over it was fucking insane well that's what they always did back then though that's just but it ruined the whole shot it was so distracting i don't know i don't know about that Uh, i i I went back and rewatched it it's not Um, like it's not just like written directed and the stars it's the fucking yeah i know but that's what they used to do i don't disagree with you nowadays they wouldn't do something like that but but that's what they used to do so we basically start out in um the center area, probably the only part in San Francisco we didn't see in Vertigo when uh, when when Alfred Hitchcock was having his like uh, tourist love, uh, his love affair you know, with San Francisco. With San Francisco. Um, and we see these two people uh, being recorded, you know, a man and a woman involved in what we're assuming is an illicit affair. We're not quite sure at what that is but this is a sequence that they will continuously cut back to the audio and the visuals of it throughout and Mm -hmm. gene hackman has been hired by this 
company. I wasn't quite sure by who, by the director, the, the chairman of oh, the director. Yeah, the director, the which director. made me wondering, was he working for government? Who is he wor- being referred to? As I the think director? it was all, I think it was left ambiguous mm-hmm. on purpose. They do and refer we, to government agencies at one point, but not that that that's. Yes, no, I don't. And, and then when they show the paper at the end, it says executive. It doesn't say the director. It says like yeah. executive killed in car crash. Yeah. Mm. So whatever. Um, so Gene Hackman records this and he starts listening to it more and more. And as he listens to it, he hears they're gonna, somebody's going to kill us. He's concerned that he's potentially maybe setting up um, somebody else for a death. And then the film really delves into a character study of yeah. what a man who records other people is and it's part thriller as uh, coppola said when he talked to great interview if you want to read it uh that brian de palma did with him he wanted it to be a character study but he buried elements of a thriller in there but i would say it leans much heavier towards character study yeah um than it does thriller in fact actually the thriller piece is very condensed i would say with kind of a twist and stuff to the last third of the film mm-hmm. i'd say the first two thirds is really a character study of this man um played yep. brilliantly by gene hackman and what his life is like yeah he's uh he's great in this and so is john cassell and that's that's the uh i know this came up um i forget how many films he was in then all of it's them like five i think over he's the only course been of in six five years films. or something and they were all Best Picture nominees, I think. He was The Godfather, right? Godfather 2. Yeah. Deer Hunter. Yep. The the Conversation. Yeah. And I can't remember what the other one is. But you're right. All yeah. all of his films, the only films he's ever been in, are all Best Picture. And he was great in it. The, the side characters in this movie uh, are really well done. What I always find interesting with 70s films is the portrayal of women. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're not even they don't they're not human. Uh, but I don't <laughs> and, know. I thought that the scene with Terry Gar was excellent. Oh, yeah, when when he goes to her house. Yeah, yeah because that was to good. me that revealed more about him yeah. than maybe maybe any other scene because she had his number, right? Like and he was not okay with it. Yeah. Like she was all over like there's something up with you and you know there's somebody here who cares about you and you will not yeah. let that person in but i did find interesting in this one uh with with the role of women is often in 70s film i feel like women are throwing themselves or are drawn to men and it makes no sense like why would this woman be drawn to this oh, man totally. or this character? And I thought that's where they were going with the secretary who slept yep. with yeah. them, but then she stole all the tapes. Cause I'm yeah. sitting there watching the sequence leading up to it. And I'm like, this is ridiculous. If yeah. she's yeah. not trying to set him well, up for something, well, I thought then Terry this Gar is... was ridiculous. Cause she looks like she's about 23. And if Gene Hackman's 42, I'm like, he's not a 42 year old that a 23 year old would be into. And she's oh, he's beautiful. certainly not. I don't believe Gene Hackman was 43 in that. In this movie. I mean, he's well, looks he was 44. very much like he a middle really aged man. Yeah, and he she looks like a college student, and she's beautiful. It's Terry Gar. Well, he was paying for everything. You got that little like, oh, the rent's due, and he's oh, paying I for it. That. And I did miss that. But it's always interesting the way they do that. But I do think he effectively uses it in terms of the twist that this movie has. I, you know, I felt this was a really interesting character study and I'm like, maybe it's a little slow. Where's the payoff to this? And it, then what happens is we get some amazing acting as Gene Hackman starts to kind of descend more into paranoia. You know, he, he's hearing things, he's concerned. And then what puts him really on edge is when a very young Harrison Ford makes an appearance. Oh, so good. So this is right after American Graffiti, which yes. was Harrison Ford's first movie with um, George Lucas, right? I was wondering yes. that. I figured this had to be one of the first. Well, he was discovered as a carpenter on the set of American what? Graffiti, right? And yes, absolutely. George Lucas put him in the in the film. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, and Ford is kind of a villain in this movie. Oh, and yeah. I was hard pressed to think about other films where Harrison Ford plays 
the role of a bad guy. I, I know there's sure there's some, but Air not Force many. One was one. Dude, what? He, he he did the whole terror. We won't negotiate with terrorists, and then that happened. He's a bad guy. I'm confused. He's the president what? of the United I'm, States. He's president of the United States. God, you guys. Oh, I didn't get that joke. I'm sorry. Um, so Harrison Ford starts following Gene Hackman, and we see this descent. Oh, what lies beneath? Slower. Oh, yes. There you go. What lies beneath? Uh, this descent of Gene Hackman. And the whole thing is throughout this film, they keep doing this callback is Hackman keeps getting more pieces of the audio to listen to what this couple's talking about. And he convinces himself more and more that Cindy Williams, the actress who was also in American Graffiti and goes on to be uh, in Laverne and Shirley, Shirley and all yeah. these other things, um, is in danger. She's having an affair. She turns out to be, we find out, the director's wife. Uh, Harrison the Ford way, is the director's assistant, and the, the director is... Robert Duvall, and you don't even know, realize that in the movie. They don't even show his face, really. Oh, yeah. I thought that was clearly very the no. reveal. Oh, I thought it was, but the reveal he's really? very in it, yeah. very little. Oh, I did too. He is uncredited in this. Again, this is coming I mean, I right off it was like of a filming fun show. Of yeah, like, yeah. Oh, it was. Well, this Duvall. was this was him doing. You know, he did Godfather two the same year. So Coppola has all his people in this. He's got Fredo. He's got um, Duvall. He has Cindy Williams. Who you got to remember Coppola. And De Palma and George Lucas and Spielberg all went to film school together and were friends. So they that's were crazy. constantly yeah. bouncing things. Uh, also throw in Martin Scorsese. So that's why you see a lot of these people in their films. Um, but the twist is, and I thought it was genius. I was watching. I'm like, I thought this is a really good character study. I'm really interested. The cinematography is fantastic. And then they hit you with the twist. Yeah. And it was a twist that was earned. It was not a every M night Shyamalan movie after six Sense mm -hmm. twist. It was like a legitimately interesting mm -hmm. twist where if you go back and rewatch it, you're like, it was almost all there. Mm -hmm. Well, it was. nothing it. happens. Yeah. And, you, and, and it's, it's all about listening into the ways and then things you can interpret. It's tremendous. So Gene Hackman has figured out, that he believes the director, Robert Duvall, is going to murder Cindy Williams and her uh, boyfriend in a hotel. He gets the room next to her. He hears it. He thinks he sees a bloody hand. He, he believes she's being killed in there. And then what we find out was it's Robert Duvall who's actually been killed. And yeah. he's been used or played in this whole game and a great bit of writing and setup, I think. Well, ha ha uh, who's been used? What do you mean? Who was used? Harry was used to get the get the audio to set up the whole thing. They Explain. needed. That's what I missed. Harrison needed... Ford hired him yeah. to record the conversation, yeah. right? And then when he wasn't going to give Harrison Ford the tapes, yep. remember that's how the yeah, whole yeah, yeah. he was so nervous to get it back because yep. he needed it to give it to the director to make sure that he showed up in the hotel room. So they could the kill only him. reason the director knows what hotel room to go to is because Harry recorded the conversation. I don't know. Harrison. Yes. So I, Harrison no, no, listen, Ford, <laughs> there's two people having a conversation about yeah, a room totally. that they're going to meet in. Okay. I thought that that conversation was about where to go to kill him. Right. Like that. No, that, that conversation is all fake. Everything they do in that conversation is, is so, to get, is to get the guy in the room. Oh no, I totally missed that. So yes, it is to kill him. Right, right, right. But but no, I I I thought that it was a legitimate conversation. And this is recorded. where it starts to fall apart so a little how, bit. So where do you because, find that out? Sorry, I just because I completely missed that twist. This is where it falls apart a little bit when you really start to analyze this part of it. It doesn't make any sense that they would come so close to actually telling telling Harry that they were going to kill him in that room. Because she says something about the guy who. So she says like the man that looks like he has a hearing aid, right? Yeah. So that's all. <laughs> so that's all for show. Like she knows that they're it, being. It has yes. to be. They're in on yes. it. They know that yes. they're being recorded. And that's oh, when Harrison man. Ford calls and like we we have you and we know, yeah. you know, you yeah, can't. Totally. I, you're a part of this. I thought it, it was. Missed it. Uh, 
And then you get that great sequence at the end. But wait a second. Where he like just, tears his house apart. Before, before we get to that, now that I'm thinking about this, why the fuck does any of the conversation elude? How can you listen back to that and realize that they're going to murder him? Like, it, it doesn't make any sense. It's almost like a Dr. Evil plan. Like, why would they say what they say if they just need to get him to that specific room? Well, why would my, they, my, you know my, that elusive? Well, like, they can't find him? No, the director, well, no, no. like... I think the whole idea was that, in in some like, sense... Why would they need they, Harry at all? They, like, maybe my thought process in this, and it could be wrong or right, was that the director clearly loved his wife. And maybe wasn't believing that she would be cheating on him or something like that. So they needed to get a scenario by which he could be killed um, in a way that maybe, oh, he's at a hotel. Maybe he's having an affair or something, you know, like, so he's killed. So they need to convince this guy to go to this hotel. And how can they do it so he doesn't assume anything? So they get this tape. Oh, we had her followed. You know, they're having an affair. You know, they knew it would drive him yeah. crazy. I mean, it's overly it's, it's elaborate. It's really thin. It's yeah, really I, thin when you start just, to think about I'll it. Because be honest, the way I thought about it before, I feel like it was better. Yeah. Because <laughs> I well, just maybe your way is better. Because I thought Gene Hackman tapes this conversation. He thinks this couple is going to be killed, and then the twist is what he's listening oh, well, to the no, room. No, and it's that they're going to kill all but of that. Well, you're true. right, but that, I didn't get that the extra true. that but they the, were using him. I just thought it was like right. him doing his job. Well, the the, and, the thing that clues you into them using him is that their plan doesn't work unless the director gets the tapes. Oh. Yes. Okay. So like No, see, I thought yeah. that yeah, no, I missed that. And I that's why Harrison knew... Ford is so hellbent on getting the tapes. I thought they just knew where he was going to be and Harrison Ford. But that was that portion of it also of doesn't make affair. sense. If yeah. Harrison Ford's whole job is to get the tapes and give them to the director, why not have the director like why was that part so did well, my question is this: Did yeah. he need to know what was on that tape? Do you know what I mean? Did Harrison Ford have to make sure? All right, this is what we need. Well, he needed I to felt listen like he was the that. mastermind of all that, this, right? Because I think that's he was. why Gene yeah. Hackman didn't want to give the tapes to him. Right? It was like he didn't trust Harrison right. Ford, which made yes. that part makes sense. Yeah. But why? Why doesn't Harrison Ford just make it easy and have the director? I guess. I guess Brian's right. He wanted to preview the tapes, but. And, and and so Harrison Ford's to, to, working with the couple. Oh and, yes, yeah, that's the yeah, whole point the of end. the phone call at the end. It's Harrison Ford Ford's voice yeah, who calls him at the apartment, and then he rips it up and <laughs> to the ground. Well, and, that to me, that's the part that I really liked, and mm -hmm. is the the character study of him. If I give away the if I give up the caring that I don't believe that that like someone could get to his position and have those kinds of feelings. If I let that go, the fact that he has nothing in his life other than this recording business and how good he is at it, and the fact that he likes to play along to jazz music with his yeah. saxophone. And do saxophone players do that? Could we ask Keenan? I only know one, and I would say he does not. It's like, he doesn't um, play a saxophone. It's the most intimate he ever gets. Right. His most and, intimate well, moments are with his. his and I wanted to ask you this: like he, so what happens is he realizes there's a bug in his, in his apartment. He starts tearing it all apart. He's always been paranoid about his apartment. He doesn't find any bug anywhere. Um, he has like nothing in the apartment. Right. Which, I, which is a whole layer. To of me, that, it's, right? it it's leaves like, one thing that the one, and I think this is sort of like what what Coppola was going for is that the one thing that he actually was intimate with and was vulnerable with is the thing that was bugged. Yeah. So this, the bugs in the saxophone, right? Yep. Like raw. Or was it, or, or was it even bugged? No, I they played it back. He... They played, they played Did back they? what he was playing. Yeah. Remember on the uh, okay. Harrison Ford's I... phone call played back. Yeah. It has to be like, that's the only thing that makes, that makes sense for the character arc, right? Like that, yes. that like the one thing that is not part of his job was corrupted by the rest of it. I don't know. The I thought the I loved the way they pan that shot, which yeah. was very much <laughs> like a security 
camera in a building. All the cinematography. Shots. Yeah, I was yes. going to say. Like, the I, cinematography in this film beautiful. was great. They actually fired the original cinematographer because loved... he and Coppola got into a fight. Yeah. And the guy who did Jaws came on and reshot all this and did a great job with it. I loved the scene, the party scene. I loved with yeah. him and the girl, the executive personal assistant. Um just like with the pillars yeah, and then that the, whole that the whole oh, very, yeah and like that was such a cool scene there's a great use of uh, you know establishing shots and i guess what you call a static camera like they used to use back in the hitchcock and silent film era which is you kind of don't have the the camera's not really moving in this film at all right there's that you know, there's scene. sequences where yeah it's like theater hackman walks off stage mm -hmm. and comes right. back he, in he, it, the first time he you see his apartment the camera's just kind of looking down the hall and you see him come in the front door. He walks through the paint through like the camera shot, grabs the phone off screen, comes back on camera with the phone and is making a phone call. Um, yeah, there's a lot of that going on that this is like and I thought it was cool. And there's there's definitely that like noir. Anytime I see light coming through like Venetian blinds, I'm always like, oh, this is a noir film. <laughs> I also thought that the the mute, the soundtrack I thought was really well done. Oh, uh, the the I, noise, the, the the sound in this movie was great. I thought editing they built was fantastic. They built mood and tension. Like it's just, just one guy playing a piano. I thought it yeah. was excellent. I really liked that. And he like well, did he distorted it and did like interesting shit to his. He like recorded himself playing piano and then like tweaked it and did like cool it was stuff really neat. but i love there were certain points where i'm like that sound is fucking annoying why is it doing that and then i realized that like they cut to the next scene is the tape running and the sound yeah. i was hearing like leading through that whole scene was like the hiss of the tape the tape well and it was interesting he had coppola had a a guy who usually does audio stuff edit the film and yeah. you could tell because he wanted it cut in that manner yeah. more than a traditional film which was interesting uh how about connections to modern use I, it's so interesting you you go back we think about modern surveillance and you know things that occur with social media and things like this and face recognition software and all this stuff and we think of it as a modern issue but this has been going on for decades yeah mm -hmm. this obsession with and then even surveillance uh, yeah in, I, I was reading online. Gene Hackman <laughs> later, what in the late nineties, early two thousands, yeah, was uh, yeah, and late nineties, yeah. And yeah. a lot of people think that character, yeah, is the same guy. It's the same guy, I which would I like never to knew. Talk that. about um, the use of the convention, the the conference scene, and I feel like there aren't was, too many movies yeah. that delve into conference life. Yeah, uh, good. and I want to know so. I'm that sure was Brian so realistic to, to some education conferences. Yeah, you've been to some education and tech conferences. Yeah. That felt very real to me. That old guy sitting at the table was the uh, one of the of my favorite parts all of this of movie. It. The booths of the people that show me your stuff, tell yeah. me, and then them wearing their lanyards oh, all night long. Oh, it's one of my pet peeves. I, hate the I walk around. We went right when we went into Philly. Right, there's always a conference happening. Right, yeah. and the people walking around at lunchtime with their lanyards on. If I forget to take my lanyard off at lunchtime, I'm like angry at myself for the rest of the week. Yeah, at the God at the man, summit I when I go, I always. As soon as the, as soon as the conference is like done for the day, there's no more sessions. That lanyard's off. So here's my true story. I hate them so much that if I'm just an attendee, I will do everything to not actually wear the lan lanyard. And I, I like am, until they make me show it, it goes in my bag. I'm never just an attendee, so I know you always have to wear it. I hate the freaking. I hate the name tag. I hate the lanyard. I like if they give you a drink ticket with it. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, I know. I that makes me think of oh the other stuff. the other movie where you see where you see a convention, the opening scene of old school. Yes, I was yes. Is when, and I forget who the friend is, but he comes in. He goes, "I'm, yeah, so I'm gonna, you're going to use your drink." Yeah, he says, "I think I'm going to catch an early flight and get out." Oh, it's of here. Artie so, Lang. It's, it's Artie, Artie Lang. That's but right, so that also to me that the like the convention nightlife thing. Oh God! Right. That's so. How real, many yeah. stories have you heard of like that? Folks go to conventions. Brian got one all of a sudden the wedding rings come off and they do like all it's it's like vegas like you go to like 
whatever education conventions. Yeah. People are behaving like ridiculous humans. To be clear, it was teachers. not my wedding ring. No, no, I'm off. so sorry. Brian was the observer. Brian Alien, was the, I, I not listen to no, this no, 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 no. But we, knew, we do need to clarify that that it was yeah. not Brian being a ridiculous so human. So, what was your what was your favorite part of this movie? Mm, I, I I get I will say again I loved the scene with Terry. Yeah, Terry. Gar- what's her What's her name in the movie? Uh, is it Anne? Sure. I maybe go with it. Yeah, I, I think know, that Amy? I think that that scene's really well done. I I like the just the way they are physically in that scene. Um, her her whole character I found very fascinating. Like the way that she uh tries to disarm him. Like yeah. she's very very light in her questioning. Like really trying to open him up, and he. I think to me that scene shows you how closed off he is. Yeah. Yep. How about you? Uh, Cinematography. This is one of the better shot films we've seen recently, Mm -hmm. I think in terms of that. And then I loved Gene Hackman and all the work, nonverbal work he Mm. was doing. Yeah. And there's a ton of it in this, just how he plays with silence, which is really interesting in a film that's about listening to people. And he's, almost silent throughout a lot of the movie mm-hmm. and what he conveys with that. I love the, I love the sound in this movie. And, I, and part of it is that seventies, early eighties vibe that I I've talked about so many times. And I'm starting to wonder if it was just the product of the technology at the time that they couldn't close Mike as many actors as they can now. Mm. Um, and so, like, r- real-life scenes, scenes seem, m- like, the noise and everything you hear in the scene sound more like real life. Like, people are talking over people, and maybe yes. your main character has is a little bit, a couple decibels above everyone else. Yeah. But, like, there is chaotic noise going on. And I always think about E.T. Like, the... Like there's that scene, the first scene in ET when they're all at the the table playing Dungeons and Dragons, and they're like everyone's talking. Mom's trying to order pizza, and they're all yelling, and and you get a lot of that in Spielberg movies, um, especially the early ones. Uh, but nowadays, I don't think you get that anymore because I think they now, can control sound so they, well. They now. do. It's also digital. I, even the I I so agree, and even the the cinematography i like when it's on real film yes like this film there it's not as precise or crisp and, they and there's like a fish eye sometimes yeah. yeah and it's just and it's not even purposeful i feel like at sometimes it just they would use older lenses there was Did more maturity once upon a time in hollywood on film no i am seeing it this week and i i do want to see it on film so i'm mm-hmm. digging around for some place to see it they're on playing film. it on film oh that's neat yes, yeah. yes. Uh, we didn't I'm, even talk about i'm sorry we didn't talk about the song that the woman sings. oh yeah what is it playing um, oh man, I want to. Conf- I'm confused well, now, with a lullaby. Good, yeah, I'm not gonna get it. Um, Something penny. Oh, but it's so good. And then Terry Car- Terry Gar is singing it, and, and he, he gets, gets all paranoid, freaked yeah. out. But I love that. I I do. I love your how. I agree how they use sound, but specifically like how they use the recorded conversation throughout yeah, the rest not, of the movie. But they're also not scared of like they're not scared of 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 letting a scene happen. And letting everything that normally would happen in that that scene happen at the proper decibel levels, and then still maintain focus either through camera or through whatever, and get us the information we need. So, like, it's yes, I it, complete. It's it's not. They're not worried about it being overly polished. The '70s cinema right. is not that at all. If you look at it, like Taxi Driver, all these movies, it's even early Spielberg stuff. It doesn't have to be glossy. It doesn't have to sound a certain way. It doesn't have right. to be this like, I don't know, almost Zack Snyder like. It's going to look bright and exciting, but the film itself is going to be shit. It's like yeah. we're going to work on the quality of the acting and all the conceptual stuff, and it's going like, to be real. Like yeah, that scene where where um him and the the secretary are kind of standing by the by the the pillars in the office and like everyone else is back in the other other side of the room they're still having a party and you can hear it if this were like if this was like any time i want to say after like 1990 there would have been like music playing to the point where like you might hear mumbles coming from the other side of the room but it would just be like a soundtrack of music and them talking 
Yeah. And this was like, yeah, this was like a quiet moment. And the way that, the way that modern cinema makes a quiet moment is like taking two people and removing them from everything else or drowning everything else out with like a score or music and, and letting them have a moment and pretend like no one else can hear them and they can't hear anyone else, which is just fucking stupid (laughs) when you really think about it. I just think it lends itself to, and this happens in Jaws. The perfect example of Jaws is when, when Hooper arrives, that whole scene of him on the dock and everything that's going on around him and everyone talking and saying different things. Um, I don't know. I, I just really miss that. I think, I think, I think there are, there's very little of that going on, probably because there's a fear of like this seems sloppy. Yes. Again, everybody wants to be polished. Yeah. Uh, so that is the conversation, which is available streaming via Amazon Prime Video, and it's definitely worth checking out if you have not seen it. And my guess is a lot of people have not seen yeah. it, even Check though it, it was a Academy Award film. All right, here we go. All right. Now it is time for. Game of the week. And this week's game of the week is recast it. Our game where we take our film of the week and recast it with, in this case, modern actors. Uh, So let's recast the conversation where we pick anywhere from two to three roles in the film that we watched this week and put in some modern actors in it. Who would like to go first? James is going first. All right, I will go first. Okay. Um, I'm taking Zac Efron in the Harrison Ford role. Ah, oh, very, very nice. good. I very love him. nice. What, what's yeah. he up to? I miss him. Oh, he, he just, just made that Ted Bundy one yeah. on Netflix, uh, which people love. I've heard that that's very good. Yeah. Um, and is uh, Fredo Stan? Is that his character, Stan? Stan, yes, yeah. Stan. I got Bill Hader as Stan. Oh, oh, very love, love me some Bill, Bill Hader. Hader. We just listened to his yeah. interview on Dax. So good. Love yeah, it Bill was. Hader. Isn't that wasn't that an amazing one? It was it was very so good. good. Barry his, is amazing, by the way. Yes, I gotta watch it. His Keith Morrison is one of my all time. <laughs> yes. How about Keith Morrison in Veronica Mars? Uh, just quickly an aside here about Veronica. Finished Mars. it. Oh man, I'm five episodes in. I gotta cut. It mm. is really good. Yeah, really freaking good. Um, and then finally, as Harry Call, Will yeah. Farrell. Oh, I could see that. That's yeah. an interesting. If you've ever seen Stranger Than Fiction, he plays uh, a guy who works for the uh, actuary for the IRS, and he very much reminded me of this character. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. I like that. That's yeah. a twist. That's a good one. All, All right, right, Katie, what do you have? Recast um, it. Just to make it a little more interesting for myself, I recast this movie entirely with the cast of uh, Pretty Little Lies. Big Little Lies. Big Little Lies. Big Little Lies. Pretty Little. Pretty Little Liars. Pretty Little Ladies. Pretty Little Liars. Big Little Lies. That's it. Okay. Okay. So um, the Gene Hackman character, Harry, will be played by Nicole Kidman. Mm. Oh, okay. Very good. The Harrison Ford character, the antagonist, if you will, will be Reese Witherspoon. Okay. The chairman, Meryl Streep, of course. Of course. Uh, of course. Um, and the Terry Gar character will be played by Alexander Skarsgård. Oh, okay. <laughs> I like it. I like it. I, too, did a gender swap in this. Mm-hmm. Uh, the role of Harry would be played by an actress I've been talking about over the last few weeks, Elizabeth Moss <laughs> from Handmaid's oh, Tale. Oh, very good. I love her. Especially if you've watched the most recent season of Handmaid's yeah, Tale. Right. I will not spoil anything, but there's a number of episodes where she acts in almost total silence like Hackman did and was fantastic in it. Now, for the role of the director, yeah, I thought you had to find somebody who could be you could believe is somebody who Harry would think is a killer, but also could be somebody who's genuine and you'd be shocked that he was the one who's killed Christian Bale. Oh, that's good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I just thought of my director. Who's who? Uh, Ted Danson. I love Ted. Danson. Oh, that's a good, Ted he's Danson like, in the good place. Too, great. He might be oh, a little too so old. good. Yeah. But I like that choice. And then finally for a role that I thought, we don't get really any dialogue 
real dialogue from her, but uh, Cindy Williams role, you know, she kind of does the fake thing. So you got to have somebody who you could believe is this innocent, you know, woman who's going to be killed, who made a poor choice, but turns out to be a stone cold, stone cold killer. Emma Stone. Uh, Very nice. Go see if you have not already the favorite, which was, yeah, it's supposed to be amazing. Unbelievable. My favorite movie. movie. The queen and her lesbian. Yes. Yes. But there's much more to it than that. It is. She is unbelievable in that movie and would be perfectly cast. And that is recast it. Yeah. All right. Now it's time for five questions. You want answers? You want answers? I want the truth. What makes a man, Mr. Lebowski? What the fuck is the internet? Why? All right. This week for five questions, I will be answering the questions. So who's asking? I will ask. Okay. Okay. Here we go. Thumbs up or thumbs down? Conventions. <laughs> um, thumbs up. Thumbs we don't up. go. That, I think. I feel like educational conventions are maybe not as wild as other ones but i i I had a good time at conventions so i don't go i've only been to two in my no excuse me i've been to three are you serious and i and i presented at two of them i present how's that thing what do you mean how did i not go yeah how you've only gone to three in your life uh well my i they don't pay for them up here what okay yeah. Would you rather listen to Harry Call play saxophone for an hour or listen to him mix audio recordings for an hour? I would rather listen to audio recordings. I don't Me like too. really listening to saxophone. <laughs> the I jazz, really the have... jazz is not oh, Keenan. But I was that well, was so Ke- I probably played as much saxophone as Keenan in the last year <laughs> is my guess. The scene where he was linking up the three recordings and mixing them to get the I found yeah, I find that so interesting. interesting. Yeah, very cool. I, well, it, it was not as interesting as Jim and I putting together the uh, five questions audio, uh, which we did when I visited, which was spectacular. Yeah, you, Jim was better at editing audio than Harry Call. You should have seen him in action, Katie. It yeah. was amazing. Um, Jim, do you have a moral compass that would prevent you from taking fifteen thousand dollars to record one single conversation? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I, I, I don't. Without hesitation. Uh, Good for you. If you could get in a time machine and bring yes. back one item from the 70s, what would it be? And it can't be the almanac from from Back That's, to the Future. That would not back be, that would not be uh, Brian's answer. It could be. That would not be Brian's answer. Um, 1970s. Oh, that doesn't work that way. It's the future where mm-hmm. he breaks the almanac. Yeah, that, that, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Uh, some ABBA albums some vintage love some uh, I ABBA vinyl ABBA. get me some no oh, vintage no one has ABBA vinyl ABBA. oh fernando uh, get, yeah get me some vintage you don't need any vintage ABBA you could go to the vinyl. fucking goodwill and get them i i i actually don't have a record player so it wouldn't do anything for me all right keep on maybe, maybe like a keep on an original keep it. on trucking t-shirt or something you know something like that all right all right, favorite Gene Hackman movie. I feel like I would get a car. That's what I'm. Uh, I'm gonna go. With oh, that. a Trans Am. Uh, favorite Gene Hackman movie. Corvette. Man, I thought about this. My favorite Gene Hackman movie is Hoosiers. Yeah, yeah. that's what I. I don't. But so I was. I, what else? Oh my god! Me, so get, tell so me his good. other ones. But I mean, he's he's in Mississippi Burning, which is Never amazing. Oh, that is Never really good. It. He was great in the firm with Tom Cruise, but oh, that was like a much lesser. Firm. I haven't seen that but in a long time. Mississippi Burning, amazing. Uh, he's hysterical in the Birdcage, you know, <laughs> which was a different. I forgot uh, he was in that. He's in obviously the French Connection, which is probably one of his well, his biggest the, roles. Um, he's just so. I love the replacements. Absolutely love it. He's in um, ants. He's in he's Twilight. In, he, he's in no way. No, I don't think different Twilight. Oh. Different Twilight. Ah, I want to uh, picture yeah. him in the vampire Stop. Twilight. He's in. Oh, n- n- he's in no. No, no way out, which is a great Crimson movie with Tide. Kevin Costner. Crimson Tide. Uh, so many good movies. Wyatt but Earp. I, I, oh my god. I'm Unforgiven. Absolutely Unforgiven, which he won the Oscar for, I believe. Oh, yeah. But uh, Hoosiers. I love Hoosiers. Absolutely love so Hoosiers. Good. Hoosiers is amazing. All right. What's next, Jim? 
Next, deep thoughts. Uh, deep thoughts. If you could bug one conversation in the mm. history of the world, what would it be? I would always love to bug what you two talk about after we record a show and you oh, get off this oh, <laughs> oh, no, because we actually thought about writing a book of of the stuff we say to each other before yeah, we fall asleep. Pil- pillow talk. We've we've. <laughs> We've verbally written a book all uh, through our relationship. Of the conversations we have right talk. before we fall asleep, which is <laughs> fucking borderline um, mutual spouse abuse. People yes. would question that this relationship works. Um, I, but as a history teacher, um, I would say I got to come up with a better answer than that. I, I would enjoy that. But I would say The Last Supper. Mm. Huh? would really intrigue me or maybe like what was really going on when they were trying to negotiate uh, the constitution huh. the room where Something it happened along those lines. I yeah. was thinking about the conversation where Tom Cruise and or his lawyers negotiated with Katie Holmes the oh. contract I want to know that contract so bad but then I feel like it's been replaced by and we were just talking about this at porch night last night or two nights ago um, the Melania contract. I want to know what's in the Melania contract. Uh, these are my burning questions. Conversations gotcha. I, I want. Hey, to Brian, know. I wanted to ask you: Did you notice the uh, French connection Easter egg in the conversation? Yes. Where yes. where the guy says, uh, "Oh, that's a, he says that's a nice suit." And he's like, "Oh, it's it's French." And then Gene yes. Hackman, it, Gene Hackman reacted like he didn't know that line was going to happen. Because this is what a couple a year after uh, French Connection. Uh, French Connection was seventy one, so three, okay, years. three years. But I mean, filming yeah, probably yeah, yeah. only about two years. It so, looked yes. like he was surprised by that conversation. Oh, I'm, he, I'm sure he was. That was fantastic. He was tremendous in this movie. Okay, uh, that's five questions. Remember, next week uh, we are doing yet again. It's Amazon August. Amazon so we August. Have, we I, have I our... want to sing that song. Make a new what thing. Amazon yeah. August? Yeah, we're gonna make a new recording. It's gonna be for, over. Well, we need to do your rundown. Week. The greatest rundown. Down. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Um, Perfect. All right. Lily heard the... Jim setting up for the podcast tonight. Was like, can I yeah. please say com majors? She was like, welcome yeah, yeah. to com uh, majors. I love it. All right. Okay, so we sorry. have the Amazon yeah. Starbox here. Yep. Uh, let's see what please next be, week's be my movie, be my movie. movie is oh, going are really to be. Good. Mine are all bad. Real bad. Oh, I'm excited. All right. Are we ready? I was not excited about this movie, to be honest with you, Brian. And then it was excellent. So thank you for it. I'm glad we watched it. All right. It. Are we ready? For I'm ready. Us? Oh, I've never been readier. Oh, boy. <laughs> next week is a film Jim recommended. Okay. Called Mazes and Monsters. Yes. Is this a video game movie? No. Am I going to hate this? Tom Hanks is in it. I do love Tom Hanks. Uh, Tom Hanks is in it, but to give you an idea of what this film is <laughs> that I've never seen, they didn't have any press pictures of Tom Hanks, so they've used the picture from Big and superimposed the logo Mazes oh, and Monsters over it. That doesn't sound promising No, it doesn't at all. And just remember who did this. This was not me for Jim always complaining. I'm sorry. I asked you, is this a video game movie? It is not. Is it a Dungeons and Dragons movie? Yes. God damn it. Not a video game, though. That's <laughs> the same genre, Jim. Oh. Dungeons and Dragons oh. is basically video games. Oh, boy. I, well, I'll fact check that. Yeah, yeah do some, some angry people. Do the some uh, same people. Do some research on that, Brian. The same people. <laughs> I'm going to read dragons? you the IMDb summary, everybody, because you're all going to watch this. Yeah. All two of you out there. Bound together by a desire to play mazes and monsters. Hmm. Dungeons and dragons. Could they not Robbie get that for copyright purposes? and yeah. his three college classmates <laughs> decide to move the board game into the local legendary cavern. Is this going to have any Stranger Things illusions? Or is it so obscure that even the folks that made Stranger Things have never seen it? I don't remember. You've seen this I, movie, though. One time. Down the shore uh, when I was like 10. Oh, uh, this is going to be awful. <laughs> um, What's the rating out of on IMTB? How many stars? Uh, four and a half, four point two out of four point two. How many people rated it? Ten. Three thousand. I thought it was so. This is this is going to be our <laughs> well, lowest rated right, movie of all time. I will time. gladly trade 
Here, deal. No. Oh, no, no we're wait, watching. Wait. Oh, we're watching wait, wait. this movie. No, 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 this watching. is a piece of I your have, puzzle. I have another, oh, we're watching this movie. I, I have another piece of my puzzle in there, too. No, no, there's no treasies. No. Okay. There's no treasies. There's no you, there. put the, the, um, you put these I things in motion. I was giving you the opportunity. No, no. You put the gremlins in motion in the get Dungeons in, & Dragons game. Get so. in the maze. We're, We're going to find some it. monsters. We're never having sex again. It's, um, it's, it's all Get happening. into the Chamber of Secrets and no. figure it all out. No, uh, no this is maze not is a monsters the Chamber next week. of Secrets. Uh, remember, you can like us, share us, and subscribe to us on on YouTube, on Facebook, or on any of the podcast platforms. Oh, my God. <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen a lower rating on Rotten Tomatoes. Audience score is 19%. Oh, no. my Lord. This, there you this have the original make, cover, though, um, Brian. Viewers, okay, listeners, I'll go look. please watch this movie. Please, please, I'm please. I'm surprised they haven't done this on How to Escape. Please watch made. this movie. Yeah, it's free. Maybe they will. Oh, uh, mm. qu- a quick little plug. How did this get made? Um... Drop, Drop Dead, Dead Fred, Fred is one of the best things I've ever listened to. Oh, yeah. To. It's great. It's a great one. So um, good. So if you listen to that, then listen to ours and tell <laughs> other people who listen to it. Uh, we will be back with Mazes and Monsters, M&Ms. I'm going to bring M&Ms. I'm going to eat M&Ms on the show. Mazes and Monsters will probably be the only good part about the episode. Okay. Is that something I did a, not know. I have is a 20-sided this... die we can use in our game. So do I. Yes. This was... This was um, a made-for-TV movie. I did not know that. Does that Whoa. disqualify it? I no. I think we should do it. It's, okay. it's, oh, it's happening. Oh, wait. Did it have a theatrical release? I don't think so. <laughs> Dear Lord. Keenan would be pretty angry. I watched angry it on VHS. Okay, uh, listen, we got to go. All right. In New Jersey. Oh, I, I want it's happening. I really want to delve more into that than the movie, actually. Is this movie even 90 minutes long? Yes, it is an hour and forty minutes. Okay, that feels very long. But that could be, I, that could be mostly credits. I think we should probably all dress up uh, for next week. Jim has his Holocaust cloak. Yeah, like so, uh, like Holocaust. That's what they call it. I don't know why. Why do they call it that? Because you could set it's, somebody on fire. It's just and it in the. That they only mention that. The only time I've Princess ever heard Bride. that is in The Princess Bride. We've looked it up because right. of The Princess Bride. Okay. All right. All right. You're frustrated, I just, We're going to go. I just want you to remember. For once, Brian wants to wrap this up. <laughs> that and we when we talking. When we watch, <laughs> chances are that Jim made us watch this movie. I'm not saying I like this movie. I'm, I think this will lead to very interesting no, conversation. What, have conversation. What I like is this is the conversation I wanted bugged. I'm hearing it. I said, I want to hear like what happens when Discord usually goes off. And uh, we're oh, hearing this yep, now. Yep. This is going to be exciting stuff. M- mazes <laughs> and Monsters. Is that the correct title? That monsters the correct and Mazes. Title. Yep. Uh, Tom Hanks and Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, is in it. Uh, I can guarantee you, you've never seen it before. Made for 1980s TV movie. Oh, I can. I'm going to be all over the cinematography of this one. I'm sure it is like top shelf shit. We will. Uh, Can you even call it cinematography if it was made for TV? (laughs) Yes, you can. Yeah. Uh, Has anyone seen this movie besides Jim? Who have you watched this with? My uncle Jerry. Okay, yeah, I will Andrew, t- Andrew Geyser might have seen tag, this. We'll tag Andrew. We'll see I will. I will put up a poll for this week. Has anybody ever seen Mazes and Monsters? Okay, fair. <laughs> Jim is making us watch it. And We're gonna so, end this. So everyone needs to watch it. Jim, who constantly complains that oh, the films you make me watch is making us watch. Hey, Mazes I figured and I would get on board and let's do something terrible. All right. All right. Uh, Meanwhile, we'll you back. all thought that was going to be true for Dirty Dancing, and it was the greatest. Oh, wait, who movie. thought it was going to be true for Dirty Dancing? You all, you both of you thought you were. We are the one who dancing. picked the film. No, I know you picked it because you thought I was going to love it. We are the Two one. You were going to hate it. You are the one. You loved that movie. Mm. We are the I world. I never hated Dirty Dancing. Oh, that makes me so happy, Brian. Yeah, I love you. Oh, right. All right. We'll see everybody <laughs> next week on the show for. Monsters and Mazels. Monsters. <laughs> Goodbye. Mazels and Mitzvahs. <laughs> Mitzvah. Bar Mitzvahs and uh, Monsters. Bosom Monsters. Bosom Monsters and Bar Mitzvahs. Bosom if there's another go... actor in this film that did another movie, I'll be surprised. <laughs>
the, the fact that Tom Hanks has an acting career after doing this movie is actually remarkable. I'm He's just making. I'm, yeah. I'm making a prediction. I'm this making, is like I'm making an assumption and a prediction about this. Movie. Yes, is this bosom buddies goes to the shining? Bosoms and guys, buddies, guys. Bosoms and buddies and monsters what, and mazels. What if it's amazing? <laughs> it's not. Because what if? Because what is it? It's not going to be. Because what is it? They're, they're, they're going to be like, somebody actually finally watched this movie. Amazon's going to be like, it's the first time anybody's watched this movie. They're like, call years. the police. There are three very lonely people that need to be brought back into the fold somehow. We are going to be on a watch list for watching this on Amazon. Could, wait, no. Could you? Harry could is you, listening. Could you, could you do one of those, like, uh, record maybe a little of the two of you watching it together? So we could yes. so we could just play oh, like the, some some audio selections. Yep. Yeah. Jim from loves this. when I do that. Yeah, okay, perfect. All right. My now for the eighth time we're saying goodbye. <laughs> All right. Bye, we'll bye everybody. everybody next week. Goodbye. Adios.